passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That is not going to work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want. What you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. Jabroni beating, pie eating, trailblazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock whoops your ass. What's going on, brothers and sisters? Coming to you from Theater D, Row J, Seat 7. I am the Godfather, Nate Milton, and this is the Rocket Maya Via Picture Show, your favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now playing this month, 2016's Central Intelligence. Men, a few years ago, I found the Lord Almighty, and ever since then, my life has been completely different, okay? He's got a plan for each and every one of us, and in his infinite wisdom, he makes no mistakes. Hmm? Yeah, right about that. I think the Lord put you here because he wants me to get something off my chest. He wants me to clear my conscience, and he wants me to ask for forgiveness. Robert, what I did to you at that rally in senior year was a cowardly act. It's something that I've regretted every single day. So I'm hoping that you can find it in your heart to forgive me. I wasn't expecting this at all. Oh, no, I know. I'm just so happy. I don't know what to say. How about you say, the Oscar goes to Trevor Olsen. What do you mean? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm ready for this one. I'm ready for this one. Just that clip from the trailer got me ready for this one. And, and, and you know, I can't review this movie alone. And since every Cisco needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twan, I have a special guest to help me review this film. 
My guest this month should be no stranger to all the postmarks out there. He is a major part of the site's excellent news coverage. He's one half of Bushby and Thompson's wrestling adventure. And, of course, he is the president of the D.C. chapter of the Jorge Blanco Fan Club. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know this brother from Planet 51. My nephew, Andrew Thompson, is back. What's up, Andrew? Uncle Nate, always a pleasure, my man. Uh, it's, it's always a good time talking to you. We, we last linked up when we wind to SmackDown. It was a cool, good, it was a good uh, little quick little reunion, but that, 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 that was only the appetizer. Uh, to, to the final meal that is this review for Central Intelligence. I don't I don't think they're ready for this one. I don't think they're ready <laughs> for this one. Like I, the only thing that would make this review better, Andrew, is if uh, you know, in, in, instead of a uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber who directed this picture, it was a Jorge Blanco joint. Because I there feel that's the only thing that could bring this full circle. I, I I can't I can't escape the man. I can't escape him. No, nah, no. Nah, shout out to shout out to the goat, the greatest director, <laughs> greatest director of our time, Andrew. Uh, but, but yeah, so this is a movie that uh, I had a lot of thoughts about, y'all. Like, I, I remember when I saw the previews for this movie, I was expecting it to be kind of trash. Because, you know, as much as we love Dwayne, he is not above doing movies that that that, that might be less than Andrew. Yeah. And so, you know, you've been on the show before, so we don't need to find out your relationship with The Rock as a wrestler or an actor. Uh, but just getting into this before we dig into the meat of central intelligence uh had you seen this movie before this review and uh what what did you think about it just by seeing you know the trailers or, or the commercials for it so i had seen it um i think i said uh, a year after it came i believe it came out in 2016 and i mm. think i saw it a year after it came out and, and I, from what i remember from it i really did enjoy it but like uh, uh like i was just coming from the last uh review we did and, and I was thinking, like, <laughs> would, would, would I like something in my quote unquote younger age, my younger age, opposed to you know, as I'm so, so slowly uh getting get into, well, I, I am, I guess I am in adulthood, I guess you could say that, but I guess as I pro- progress into that stage of my life, uh, brother Nate. But yeah, no, nah, I, I enjoyed this movie uh, the second time going around. I think I really did like it more than I did uh, from the first time I watched it. Yeah, I think with Central Intelligence, Andrew, like this is not only kind of bringing that team together of the rock and Kevin Hart. And then we've seen them go on to do a bunch of projects together. But I think this is a movie that takes advantage of, of a lot of the rocks, different skills where like we get the physical stuff, we get the action stuff. You know, we get this dude looking like a million bucks on the screen, but we also get like some weird, like comedy beats with, with DJ in this picture. And so right. uh, I think it's a, it's a really good showcase for him. Like it, it's kind of crazy. Like you, you mentioned something good right there. A good point. Like it, it's kind of hard for the rock to present himself as this uh underdog per se. Cause, cause of how larger a human being he is and sta- especially him standing next to Kevin Hart. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of it, like it, you, you would think it's kind of weird to see him like as the, the underdog and the, 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 the baby face of the yes. movie, you know, and you, it, but he, he played it right really well. And he came off like really like, you know, he, he just did like a real solid job uh in this film as far as his role goes. Mm, so yeah, I, I got a feeling this is gonna be a fun review, y'all. But before we get into any of that, y'all know we gotta play some games around here. And and that of course brings us to the time warp. And for new listeners of the program, uh maybe you came here because of that Angie Thompson bump we getting this month. Um <laughs> for new listeners of the program, the time warp is where we look back at what was going on around the time of this film's release. And in particular, we look at the music charts. So Andrew, I 
I picked a, a music chart specifically for you this week, brother, uh, because Central Intelligence was released on June 17th, 2016 in the U.S. Do you know what the number one song on Billboard's hip-hop chart was that week? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go. Because you know what? I, I, I think I know. Because around this time, I was working at, uh, you said t- summer 2016, right? Yep. I, I was working at Six Flags. And uh, I, I, that was like one of the best summers of my life. But I, I think uh, the, the number one song, I'm going to go Black Beatles uh, with uh, Ray Schmerd and Gucci. Ooh, okay. That that's a great guess because I feel, I feel like you're you're in the you're in the ballpark, Andrew. Because you, you remember when people was doing the whole challenge and all that uh, yep. that nonsense. Yeah. You're in the ballpark, and the crazy thing about this is, if we went a week before or oh a week my God. after, <laughs> you'd have a different uh, number one. But this week, like this was a week for one person who honestly, Andrew, I hadn't thought about this brother in a minute. But as soon as I went back and, and looked up uh, the chart, I was like, oh, yeah, this song was kind of big for a second. Because the number one song that week on the Billboard hip hop charts was Designer. Of course. <laughs> with Panda. I got broads in Atlanta. She's a Dolly in the family. Credit cards in the scammers. Hitting the licks in the van. Legacies, family. Wayne C, look like a panda. Going out like a Montana. Honey killers on the helmets. Legacies, family. Wayne C, family. Pockets move. Silent ball, candy. Man, I'm the macho like Randy. The chopper go out to the granny. This nigga bullet your bandit. Hope the killers understand it. Of course. What, 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 what a song that was. What a song. Yes. And it's funny because, like I said, the week before, Drake had the number one uh, song with One Dance. Mm. And then the week after, Drake would get that number one spot back. So Designer had like this one week where he was the number one hip hop song in America. And so, like, thinking about Designer, man, like, between Panda and uh, Timmy Turner, like, I thought. There was a there was a lane for this dude. Like he had the blessing from Kanye uh, before Han- Kanye went full crazy. Andrew, like mm-hmm. why why do you think designer didn't really pop like we thought he was? Uh, he he's one of what we seen in music for many many years. He provides that hit that you need for the summer or for the year, mm-hmm. and then it kind of like kind of fades out a little bit. Like we we we've seen that so many times. Like I'm pretty sure you've seen that so many times just in music. Like they always come that artist and you like, damn, they like, you know, they, they got some good. They had that that one song or that two or two songs or three songs that just hit, and then you think they're gonna be the next, you know, big thing for a couple of years to come, and then they just kind of mm. fade out. But I I think designer, you know, he he did what he had to do. He came in, had two two solid hits, made his money, and then went went on went went on his way, man. Yeah, I mean he he's kind of like a future WWE superstar, Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> like Bow Wow had a couple hits, man. Made a couple movies, and then you ain't really hear from him uh, for a long time. So who knows? Maybe in ten years, designer be out here on on social media, Andrew, challenging uh, MVP to a fight. Did, did you see that Bow Wow's uh, training with Rikishi? Yeah, man. Good luck to him. <laughs> Good luck to him. That's all like I got. There's a whole thing we went into with the on the Kings of Sport recently, where where uh, I fan booked. Bow Wow coming into the WWE while Marcus Vandenberg just laughed at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for anybody that wants to hear that, you can check out the Kings of Sport. Uh, so that that was the number one song that week, Andrew, on the hip-hop charts, Designer with Panda, uh, which 
Side note, like a little, uh, I guess a little trivia note about Panda is that Kanye kind of took this and, like, he didn't just take a piece. He didn't just sample it, Andrew. He basically took the whole song and put it on Life of Pablo and, and made it his own track. That's not, That sounds like a very Kanye thing to do. Yeah, like, he, I think he added, like, a little bit to the top, a little bit to the beginning, and, like, some auto-tune, but it was basically just Panda. I, I I think I remember that song. I think I remember like pieces of that song, but I do remember Kanye doing something along those lines. Like again, I, that that just sounds like something Kanye would do. Man, that that whole album made me mad. That Life of Pablo, because uh-huh. uh, what was it? Uh, Father stretched my hands with that. Okay, when, that, that that was a hit. That was a man, hit. But the like Kanye ruined it because when the song came on and you had uh, was it a uh, Kid Cudi who was singing? I think it was Future. It was Future. Okay. Uh, when he was singing, and then all of a sudden Kanye had to come in and mess up the damn song with the the, the model bleach line, mm. and I was yeah. like, yes, like I, was, I was gonna say, I think, oh no, no, you you were you right, Nate, that was Kid Cudi, you right, you right, it was Kid, it was Kid Cudi and uh, Kelly Price, mm, yeah, 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 and then like that, the way the music came in and he was setting it up like this is going, I was like, yo, this is gonna be the the greatest song of all time, Andrew. And then Kanye talking about uh, if this model and the bleach and if I get bleach on my T-shirt, like, come on, dog. <laughs> Killing the vibe, huh, Nate? Yeah, I like, come on. Like, that should have been the best 16 of Kanye's life on that track because that track was was just so great. <laughs> That's crazy how, like, I was just, like you mentioned the uh, father's judge my hands. So, like, dude, that. That took 2016 for like a lifetime ago, mm. bro. Like, that was a lot. Like, I, 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 I talk, often talk with some of my friends sometimes, like, that summer, that that was like legit, like one of the greatest summers of my life. Like that, like that, like even like hearing that song and like remembering uh Black Beatles uh yep, yep. And, and and the Panda song like that. That brought back a lot of memories. Like in the short times, man, that we've been talking about it. It's it's crazy because I feel like those few months of 2016, like when we talk about the summer heading into the fall, mm-hmm. like. It feels a lot like TNA, like Impact Wrestling back in <laughs> back in 2009, like the last few months of 2009 before Bischoff and Hogan came in. Because mm-hmm. uh, with America, it's like we had these these months, these last few months of, of peace and solitude before the election, and then everything went to hell for four years, brother. There you go, and and, <laughs> and uh, the, the 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 one who we shall not name, and then Bischoff, mm-hmm. yeah, they they came in and uh. Did, did, did they damage and then you know went, went off into the sunset just like uh another one who we uh shall not mention uh he kind of did the same thing both wwe hall of famers there we go there we go <laughs> uh but let's get back to these games andrew um central intelligence had a budget of 50 million dollars okay so 50 million dollars was the budget what do you think was the box office for this movie uh, see, see the like. Can, can, can I get like a range, a range that they did like a gap to guess in between for them? Like in I'm between. Just, all I'm gonna tell you is it made its money back. So that's your only clue. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 100, uh, 198 mil. Mm. See this movie, like I knew it made money, but I didn't know it made this much money, Andrew. And you're you're, you're in the right ballpark because on a budget of fifty million dollars. Central Intelligence made $217 million. Jeez. The millions. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. 
Yeah. Like it, it was a legitimate hit. Yeah, I can see why. Cause like you, like I know we're gonna get into it, but this movie was kind of like for all ages. Like mm-hmm. honestly, it was like you, you could see a lot of kids watching this, but then you can also see a lot of adults like really wanting to see this film. Like it, they, like the, the audience they hit, you, you can kind of see why they made that much money because it hit so many different brackets. Yeah, like it hit different age groups, like you said. But I also feel like, like it hit different. Uh, like demographics, like it's not just for a black audience or for a white audience. Like I feel like there's a universal appeal with the rock anyway. Yeah. And then when you put this kind of comedy to it, I feel like it hit, it checked a lot of boxes out there in terms of the audience. Right. And like the rock, his, his star power is like unreal, bro. Like it, I, I feel like he's like legit. Well, he, I, I, I don't even think it's like uh, something to think about. Like, I think it's just fact that he's the biggest star in Hollywood like just as far as like his production value and the content mm. that he's putting out. And then they, they, we got to mention, did you get a chance to see young rock on NBC? Uh, yeah. I have not gotten a chance to see young rock yet. I, I'm saving it for the weekend. Yeah, uh, full disclosure. We're recording this the week young rock uh, premiered on NBC, but I'm saving it. I'm saving it for the weekend. Cause I'm, I'm look, here's my, here's my, my, my agenda for the weekend, Andrew on Friday. I'm gonna watch WandaVision mm. on Saturday. I'm gonna watch rock and uh, Keenan, because I want to see Keenan Thompson's new show, uh, your your cousin and him. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Sunday I might watch some wrestling, but I'm definitely gonna watch WandaVision and Young Rock and Keenan. Those are top three on my list right now. Right. So so by the time people listen to this, they probably already would have heard the news. But the 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 Rock's Young Rock series on NBC is out here smoking every. Mm. every show in the ratings they had five million views on the first night first night that's crazy like again that's insane like and then when you think about like 2016 this is the period of the rock's career i always talk about where he has kind of crossed that that level that threshold uh once you get past him being in the fast and furious films and now he is legitimately the biggest movie star in hollywood and as we see this week, Andrew, like he's not just the biggest movie star, but he's arguably the biggest star in entertainment. Like anything yeah. this dude touches, people want to be a part of. Like it's it's crazy to say. Like again, having to have five million views on your debut show. Like of course you got all the hype and all the you know you got all the curiosity around it. But this is a show about him growing up, and basically the first part of it is about professional wrestling. Most of it if not all of it is about professional wrestlers centered around professional wrestling. And I'm not saying there's a bunch of people out there that are tuning in just to see the professional wrestling aspect. I'm sure there is, but there is also just, you, you got to factor in just how popular uh, the rock is and how many people just yeah. tune into his projects and want to see what that. And, and then the thing is about it. Like I, I didn't get a chance to see the full episode yet. I'm going to watch that this weekend. Uh, just like you said, but like, it just goes to show you, like what what he does for professional wrestling without even like being in it right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's great, like how he represents it and like how he presents. Like I saw some people talking about it online, and he was just like, like the it, the, the way that he presents professional wrestling, and um, uh, also and that got to mention Chavo Guerrero is working on that show as well. Like th- just the way they present it to the mainstream audience. Like he said, like wrestling fans are like going to be very very pleased with how mm. he he treats it and like how he holds it in such a high regard like it's like it's crazy to see like the i mean it's not crazy because that just seemed like the type of dude he is but like he just you you can tell he just ain't forgot like the business that you know yeah. that helped save him and that, i think just think that's a cool thing yeah he's he's one of the few and you know you talk about the wrestling aspect of it all andrew like 
in this day and age, there are only two or three people that can actually move the needle when it comes to them showing up and eyeballs hit the screen. Uh, in, in terms of like large numbers, like I'm not talking about when Sting came to AW because as much <laughs> as I love that, like I got, I got all the respect in the world, but that man called Sting, one of, one of the all-time greats. But right. Sting is not bringing in casual people. You know, uh, somebody like Terry Balea. Terry Balea ain't bringing in casuals at this point anymore. <laughs> like, to me, the only people that can do it is The Rock. And I think, like, The Rock is clearing away a uh, distant first place. Then after that, like, you're talking maybe Cena, maybe Batista. But that's that's kind of it. Like, that's it. That's the list. Yeah. No, I definitely think that's, that's probably the list. I mean, you, I, I guess you can say like fourth place stone cold like maybe because yeah, Austin's like kind of out there but, a little bit but like what how much can he do is the, is yeah. the question i guess cm punk maybe kind of sort of but like the list is very short right but like but i, I feel like within those though those three that we just well four those we just mentioned with cena batista punk and austin i feel like that's they, they move the needle on a wrestling perspective mm-hmm. like I feel, I feel like the rock moves it in every genre that he yeah. that he's involved in like if you say oh the rock's got this we just talked about it like he got the new show on nbc hey, everybody go check it out boom five million viewers i'm pretty sure if wwe announced the rock for monday night raw or friday night smackdown they go up like we, we seen that uh remember in 2019 that first show on fox they, yeah. they they did like the highest number that they ever had in a minute i think they had like three million people and they and they announced the rock for the start of the show see what i'm saying like it's just like the, the dude is a draw like in every which way possible like he's like Literally cream of the crop. Yeah, The Rock is definitely uh, a legitimate star. But you know who's not a star, Andrew? Who? That man, Robbie Weirdick. Robbie Weirdick is not a star. Bob Stone is not a star (laughs) at all. What what, what, what a a hell of a way to start a movie, Nate. Yeah, so uh, before we get into how the movie starts, let's hit the cast real quick. So, of course, we got Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing uh, Robbie Weirdick. Uh, and Bob Stone. Uh, we name. got, yeah, that, there's some weird names in this one. Uh, we got Kevin Hart as uh, Calvin the Jet Joiner. Uh, we got Amy Ryan as uh, Agent Harris from the CIA. Uh, we got Aaron Paul from uh, uh, Breaking Bad as uh, Phil, Bob Stone's partner. We got Danny Nicolette, who some people might know as Cecile from The Flash uh, TV show. Danny Nicolette is playing Maggie, Calvin's high school sweetheart, and now his wife. And then uh, I guess the last person I want to highlight in this cast, somebody who had a small role, but but he brought it in this small role, Jason Bateman as Trevor, the the former high school bully. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 swear, I swear, it's kind of crazy. Like, he, he is, like, been, like, one of the most consistent actors that I've seen. Like, I've seen him in so many movies. Yeah. And he's always good. Like whether whether he's playing like the kind of nice everyman, he's good. In this movie, single he's dad. playing yeah. single dad. <laughs> yep, single dad. Like in this movie, he's playing like the jerk uh, that that never grew up from high school, and, and he's works in that one. Uh, so yeah, Jason Bateman's always solid. But this movie starts with the aforementioned Trevor, Trevor, and his and his gang of of, of thugs, of hoodlums, of bullies, Andrew. <laughs> They in the they 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 walking into the into the school gym, you know, uh, school showers behind the school gym, uh, because this is like in the midst of a big celebration to honor Calvin the Golden Jet Joiner. Uh, you know, he's he's this big high school athlete. 
But while all this is going on, back in the showers in the locker room, we got our man Robbie Whittick having the time of his life, Andrew, singing to Invogue's Never Gonna Get It. But a, a hell of a way to start the film, man. Like, uh, you, you, you got to be a bold character to be free balling in the school shower during the middle of a, uh, <laughs> during the middle, <laughs> during the middle of a pet rally. That, that that man is hella bold right there. But that was uh that, that was the perfect way to start off the introduction to Robbie Reed. Yo, and the like the the effect is kind of wonky. Like it's not perfect, but just the fact that we put the Rock's face complete with like this like uh this tuft of hair, this curly hair up on this man's head on this body like this yo we put we cgi'd the rock's face on this body and had him (laughs) doing like all the dance moves and just singing his heart out like i thought this was a great way to kind of start the movie andrew yeah it it definitely was it it, it was hilarious just to see it like it's a good like I, i think with these comedy slash action movies i feel like it's always good to start with the like with, with, with just a quick little laugh and then immediately transition into, you know, the like it, 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 it was just, it was just a good way to start the movie, man. Like it, it got a smile, right? A smile for me right off the break. Real quick, Andrew, I want to send a shout out to uh, Sione Kleppi. Uh, this uh, the kid that played like the body for quote unquote fat Robbie in this scene. Mm. Cause like my man Sione, like he, he did the damn thing with this, with, with the motion. And like, you felt like this could have actually been like, the rock as, as a chubby high school kid. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even know. Uh, well, of course I knew somebody was playing the role, but I thought it was more so like a, you know, just like a, a animated mm. type thing. That's what I thought. I didn't know it was an actual human, like, you know, going over the thing, but that, that, I mean, yeah, shout, shout out to him, man. I'm pretty sure that was some uh, creative to do uh, on, on his days filming this. Yeah and, yeah. and you know, like the good thing about working with the rock, like you said, the rock never forgets where he came from and never forgets his journey. Like if you get in good with the rock, like you, you probably set for life. Like, so I'm sure every Christmas, this, this dude, Sione gets a nice present, maybe a bottle of that Terramana tequila from my boy, DJ. <laughs> yeah, look, look at uh brand good works. Look yep. Yep. We're working with the rock. And then now that man, uh, I think he's like a co-producer or like one of the heads of his, uh, yep. selling production. Well, it was like, uh, it was like over Christmas. I saw like, uh, uh, the rock bought a brand new truck for, uh, Harvey Whippleman, downtown Bruno, mm-hmm. because Bruno helped The Rock buy his first car from a crackhead in Memphis. There you go. When he got started out, and so The Rock bought him like a brand new Ford F one fifty, and it's like, yeah, that's the kind of dude he is. So it's like, it's hard not to like Dwayne Johnson. Very hard not to like uh, Dwayne, but he's a he's he's a good dude. Yeah, so it, it's hard not to like Dwayne Johnson, but Trevor and these bullies, they ain't got <laughs> no love for our man Robbie Whittick. So Robbie in here in the shower singing. In Vogue's, you're never going to get it. The bullies grab him and throw him out, butt-necking Andrew, into the middle of the gym. The, you know, the, the, the ceremony comes to a complete halt, and everybody's laughing at Robbie. The only person that has any type of compassion for this dude is our man Calvin the Jet. And Calvin gives Robbie his letterman's jacket so he can cover himself up and get back to the locker room. Was a, a a good man right there. I, I do want to mention the speech uh, that that, that yes. Calvin gave to the principal. He's well, one one of the funniest lines out of that whole speech was <laughs> the principal. Uh, the, Calvin was like, "See, if my if my mother dated white men, it would be you." I was, <laughs> I was like, so ignorant, bro. That, that, that was hilarious. That was like one of the funniest lines. But but yes, 
uh, he, he definitely showed Robbie some uh, some love. And it, and, and it like I, I think halfway through the movie, of course, we're going to touch on this, but I kind of understood why uh, Robbie was so attached to Calvin. Yeah. It was because of this this moment. And, you know, it, it meant a lot to him, obviously. Yeah. So up to this point, Calvin's the only person we've seen that's actually treated Robbie decent. Everybody else been joking at this man and embarrassing this man. So there's we already see not only the connection starting between those two, but we see, like you said, like Calvin's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then we we kind of flash forward, Andrew, twenty years later, uh, and 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 Calvin is now an accountant. You know, he's he's not. He's not living all the things that he thought about, you know, when he was this great high school athlete. He thought his life might have taken a different turn. But, you know, he's 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 not having a bad life here. He's married to the to the girl he loved in high school. He got a decent job, but he it's just not exciting. It's just not fulfilling to him. Yeah. Uh you you wanna know I I was gonna bring this up later, but but I think since you kinda uh touched on it already, I I, I think that's a that's a thing that a lot of people uh go through on a regular basis. Like mm-hmm. they have this idea of what they what they view success is and maybe it's because of what they see other people doing they maybe think that's success like so some people don't realize that you having a stable job you taking care right. of your family you having a nice home and a, you know you you just going to work every day like some people think that's not success because it's not flashy or it's not yeah. like something that people like oh look at what he's doing or look at what she's doing well meanwhile you have like a really great life that most people would would like they 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 would want or they would you know re- like re- really want to be their lifestyle that they're doing every day so like I, I think that was like really one of the like the cool like realism type like you know mm. it, like inner stories that you could take out of this film like because that's a, that, that's something that a lot of people like really really deal with I, I think even me like I had to like you know come to that like uh conversation like as far as myself just thinking of, like what I think success is and what right. I think you know a quote-unquote living the dream or, you know, yeah, just coming to the grips of what I really think success is and not um, trying to come up with this false sense of what I think it is mm. like and, and comparing it to other people's success. And yeah. I, I think that, I think that's just a normal human thing that most people go through. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it was just, you know, it, I, I was one of like the cool things that I took away from this film. Especially, you know, after 2020, when a lot of those so-called markers of success, Andrew, like we see how quickly they can disappear. Mm-hmm. you know when when things in the world change and like this movie hit me a little different watching it now uh, other than when i watched it you know back in 2016 and 2017 because like now like my actual high 20 year high school reunion is coming gone mm-hmm. and i like that's something you you'll experience in about 15 years andrew mm-hmm. uh you know you ain't you ain't you ain't to that point yet <laughs> you know you grown but you ain't grown grown <laughs> <laughs> But like looking back, you know, like I said, like within the last couple of years, I've had my 20 year high school reunion. And it's like so many of not only the people that we looked at, like, you know, the Calvins in my school that you heard, like not, not, not heralded, but the like not, not, not even anybody heralded. It was just their position. And yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the, yeah. the hierarchy of high school. And, right. you know, you kind of look back and like, like in high school, this dude had everything. Or, or so we thought, right? Looking from the outside in, and then twenty years later, you're like, oh yeah. At the end of the day, like the captain of the, of the football team, or the captain of the drama club, or the captain of the chess team, like we all just people. 
Right. And you know, you, the more you get into your adult life, the more you realize it's like, yeah, you, you just try to do the best you can. You know, you try to strive for those goals, strive for those dreams. But at the end of the day, like, people very rarely fit into the boxes that you put them in, particularly like when you're looking at somebody when you're 17, 18 years old, it's like, Oh, like this guy has everything he wants. So this girl got everything she wants. It's like, nah, like life is not that cut and dry. Right. I mean, you genuinely just don't know what life could take you. It could take like literally take you anywhere. Like even with me and, and, and writing, like I, like I remember I was supposed to go to um North Carolina A&T for school. Mm. Mm-hmm. And my grades were so bad I couldn't get in. So uh, the only thing I had to do left, the only thing I had left to do was either go to this other school that was I probably was not going to get anything done at, or I could go to community college. I went to mm-hmm. community college, and then I found myself just bored because I didn't have much to do. So I feel like figured like, why won't I try to do something I love and start writing and writing about wrestling? And then here we are. You know what I'm saying? It just one one one, one decision like that of me. But it wasn't even a decision because my grades was just trash. But like, still, it was a decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, just you—you you never know where I could be right now. If I would have went to school in North Carolina, I probably would never even found the time or to mm-hmm. you know, to get into wrestling writing. So it's it, it just like it, 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 anything can happen from high school until when you yeah. leave college or when you get into your late twenties. And I, I think that's a, a, another thing that people kind of struggle with is they put out, they try to put a, a age on success. Like yep. They feel like you gotta do this at this age to be successful. I'm like, dude, some of the most successful people in the world uh, probably didn't get started at some today when they late thirties or early thirties mm-hmm. or whatever. Like there's no gap for success. Like a 50 year old kid, the lotto today and change everything. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it, like anything yeah. can happen. Well, that, that's the thing. Like it, the, the journey doesn't stop until you, you stop. Right. Yeah. Like, like as long as you still are out there trying to you know improve and, and, and reach for things and like, you never know like what life has for you. And like you said, man, like there's a lot of people that's out here having second and third careers in, in, in their life after the age of 40 or 50 or 60, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, yeah, like you always, that's the, that's the good thing about life, man, is that there's never, it, it ain't over until it's over. And right. so, you know, we see that. With, with Calvin here and Bob Stone, uh, because Calvin is at the job and uh, he gets he gets an email. He gets some electronic mail from uh, uh, his his buddy Bob Stone on Facebook. With the, with the egg profile picture. With the egg profile picture. <laughs> like, I feel like this movie will be a whole lot different today, even though it's only like four or five years later, Andrew, because before Calvin accepted Bob's friend request, he would have to like spy on Bob's page to make sure Bob ain't down with no conspiracy theory groups. Mm. Make yeah, sure he, Bob ain't racist. Bob, Bob had the he had guns on his page and all that <laughs> stuff. I was, see that that see that that have been a flag for me right there. I'd have been like, oh brother, what's going, Bob, what's going, what's going Bob on? Bob out here wearing shirts like the Undertaker in that documentary. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so he accepts the friend request, and it turns out Bob Stone is actually Robbie Weirdick from high school. Uh, so Calvin is, like, shocked uh, that that uh, Robbie has reached out to him. So he's like, Robbie's like, you want to go get a drink? And they're like, sure, after work. So they go to the bar, and this is where Calvin meets Bob Stone for the first time. And Bob Stone is not the, the chubby Robbie Weirdick he knew from high school. Bob Stone is Dwayne the Rock Johnson on these streets. There you go, man. Like, of course, we got to mention uh, 
uh, uh, Calvin got a phone call from his from his lovely wife who who, yes. who, who immediately talked about uh, going to therapy, which was that, <laughs> I, 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 I think that's one thing somebody don't want to hear from either side when the therapy thing come up. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, I was like, oh man, uh, Calvin about to have some issues, but then of course he went and had himself uh, quite quite the night with uh, with Robbie. Yo, and this is this is where I talk about this role. On the surface, you could say it's kind of a stereotypical role for The Rock, just kind of that the big muscle-bound action dude. But we already see, like in this first scene, Bob Stone is not just your typical muscle dude, right? He's got like the fanny pack, which is a nice shout-out to anybody that's followed The Rock's career. Uh, but he's also like, you can tell even in this first scene with, with Bob Stone, like he doesn't want to be the aggressor. Like he right. only fights when the fight is brought to him. And like, so it's, it's a different kind of side of the rock that we see in, even though he's out here kicking people's ass in the bar. Like you, you want to know it's crazy. Like he, he, he really still views Calvin in that same yes. light that he saw him when he was in school. Like that's crazy. Like even though he could have like, he could have molly Calvin, like in that bar, like right there, like yep. did a man just like he did the dudes in the bar. Like he still views Calvin as that high school jock who was like, and the crazy thing is, I don't even think, it was because of Calvin's quote unquote high school status that makes mm. him view him like that. I think it was because the fact Calvin was nice to him that yeah. he still used him in that same light. So I think that was a nice little dynamic that they played off of right there. Yeah, because all like all the bullies you would assume were probably jocks too mm. uh, from the beginning of the movie. But you know, Calvin doesn't. Uh, Robbie doesn't have any affinity for them. He has affinity for Calvin not only because Calvin was this great sports figure in their school, but because he actually was one of the few people that treated him like a person. And so when they get there, the dynamic is already kind of set where even though Rob is like just this massive dude, he still feels like a little kid. As soon as he sees Calvin, he's like, Oh, it's the jet. What, what? And it's like, (laughs) like Dwayne Johnson immediately goes from this, you know, 30 year old grown man to the 15, 16 year old kid that he was when he was butt naked out there in the middle of the gym. Yeah, one of the, uh, the, the one of the funny moments from this this scene was when they were sitting down and they were drinking, and he was like, "Yeah, man, so you, so you married Maggie, uh, the, 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 two, the two the two you know the two most popular people in the high school went off and got hit." She was like, "Man, that, that's like uh, Taylor Swift and whoever she's dating." And, and, and like, and, and like, it was funny because Calvin, he, he like, when he, when he heard it, he like put his drink down and then he, he like looked up. He was like, what the hell did he just say? And I, I think that was like one of the funnier things. And then also uh, when they first linked up and I quote the Dwayne, the rock Johnson, uh, uh, Robbie Weirdick walked up to, uh, to, to one Calvin and said, he is sexy as uh, genitalia. And he left it at that. And then he said that, <laughs> He was like, he was like, you you don't just walk up to people and just say stuff like that. He's like, you can't just you, you can't just say that. And then one of the funny things he uh he like uh sl- slapped him on the back. And then I guess uh Calvin felt how strong he was. He was like, oh shit. <laughs> but, yeah. Let, uh, real quick, let's talk about Kevin Hart right here because uh, Kevin Hart is somebody who has just had this meteoric rise in his career, Andrew. Where like I don't know when you first saw Kevin Hart, but for me, it was like watching those like dollar DVDs off the rack, you know, in, in the uh, corner store where it's like the Cat Williams comedy special or the Earthquake comedy special or the Kevin Hart comedy special. And so I would check out his specials and then, you know, you started to slowly see him in, in minor movie roles and then he just blew up. And so I feel like Kevin Hart is kind of perfect in this role where 
we know he's funny, but he can also he can also bring like a, a human humanity and yes. a relatability to this role where he's not he's not all jokes. Like there's actually some substance there. So three, so a couple of things I wanted to touch on from what you just said. So my first time seeing Kevin Hart was that comedy special. I think the one that everybody know what I'm talking about when he was like, "Oh, she said she ain't got no nipples." Like that, that, that one. Like that, 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 that's, that's the one that everybody remembers. That's my my first mama time. told me. Right, right yeah, that Tell one. you. <laughs> and then, uh, your mother. <laughs> and then I think it was the uh, his his little brief spat in the um, 40 year old virgin. And he was like, yeah. both of y'all gonna get clapped up. And he was like, he did the clap. He was like, both of y'all gonna get that. That joke was hilarious. And then, uh, like, you, you mentioned the, 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 like, human side of Kevin Hart, like, going into, like, a different film. Like, I think he really showed that in the upside. Like, I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. that. When he, when he had to take care of the guy who was um disabled. Like, that that was, like, one of my first times seeing Kevin Hart kind of, like, in a real serious role that wasn't comedy. And I was like, yeah. he bad that. Like, I was like, goodness. So it was like when I thought about that and I saw how he was in this film, I was like, hmm, maybe like he always had it in him. He was just, you know, slatted in the comedy role all the time. Yeah, and I think he fits because, like, he, he feels just like that guy, like that we were talking about earlier, where you could see if you went to high school with Kevin Hart and he ends up as this accountant where you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, he didn't get to where we thought he was, but he ended up in a pretty good spot because he's a pretty good dude. Right. Uh, so after the bar fight, uh, Bob ends up crashing on Calvin's couch. And <laughs> this begins our, our little team up here. But the next morning, CIA agents arrive at the house and they're looking for Bob. And uh, they tell Calvin that Bob is a dangerous rogue CIA agent who murdered his former partner, Phil. And so now Calvin's got this conflict where he's like, okay, this dude just showed back up in my life. And now all these feds is at my door. Uh, like, I don't know if I really want to keep hanging out with Bob. Man, can you imagine? <laughs> like, like, this is like one of your old high school friends hitting you up. They trying to kick it or whatever like that. And then you you you, you come you come to find out get informed by an FBI agent allegedly that they're on the run for murder. Right, I'd be, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, you bring it, and that, you you want you want to bring me in this. And then and then not to mention he listed him as a personal contact. Yeah, so obviously, obviously it was all planned. He did this on purpose. But I mean, at the same time, I, I guess you can't really say it was on purpose because that was like the only friend he ever had. So like well, it was like here's, I, here's the thing, Andrew, and I, I'm not proud about saying this, but you know we keep it a hundred. Here in the, in, in the theater on the Rocket Mind View picture. So, if I was in Calvin's shoes, I'm not sure I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have dropped a dime on Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I wouldn't. It's like dog. Like I'm in here trying to trying to save my marriage, trying to fix my marriage. I got a good job, and you done brought the fans to my door. Like I don't. I, I just met this dude on Facebook for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. And, and uh, it was funny because I remember when uh, the agent was questioning him in the kitchen, questioning Calvin uh, <laughs> slash Kevin Hart in the kitchen, and he was like, uh, he, "He was like, you know what? I'm I'm not even gonna act guilty because that's what you want me to do." And then yes. he started leaning, started leaning on the counter. He was like, "Is this what a, is this what a, a non comfortable <laughs> person would do? Yeah, they wouldn't be leaning like this." And it, it was hilarious, bro. Like he 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 played this real with like the whole nervous trying not to act like he was panicked. But yeah, like uh, I would have had some beef with Rob with Robbie after this, man. Yeah. And, and again, you mentioned it just a second ago. Kevin Hart can find these little spaces to be funny. When 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson has Kevin Hart in the cart, and he's pushing him to go out the window. And he's like, you know what we got to do, Jet? You know what we got to do? No, 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 I, I don't want to do this. Like, this, <laughs> the, 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 the way Kevin Hart, like, throws these little lines in, man, I think he was a great, great choice for this role. He he, he brought that, that foolishness into that man workplace. Got, got, got him caught up. Pro, pro, probably fired. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, he got, fired. Got, got that man, like, having a whole shootout in the workplace. Like, the, one of the, like, when he, I remember when he first came out of the office, uh, cause, cause the, the FBI agent, they tried to call, like, they guess they tried to like get him to like set, set him up, I guess. And like, be like, Hey, make sure you call him on the phone. And, 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 and Robbie knew, you know, him being a CIA agent, yeah. he knew what it was. So they, so he, he lied to him and told him that he was in the, what he said? He was in the stairwell. Yeah. And then, and then they all ran down and the whole time dude was in the office somewhere hiding. And then, uh, yeah, what, what, <laughs> he, he came out, Kevin Hart came screaming out the office. He he's in here. He's in here. He's in here. <laughs> like and, and no nobody gave this dude the time of day just looking nope. at him like he was a fool. Like it, it was hilarious, man. Yeah, so they 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 escape and so then Calvin's gotta go to therapy because he's made this promise to his wife that they're gonna go to couples counseling. And it turns out that Bob has uh incapacitated the actual therapist and has taken the place of the therapist in this scene. Bob locked that man up <laughs> full of duct tape. And stuffed him on the like, literally stuck him to the closet. It was hilarious, <laughs> and he, he was like, "Hey, we we, we gonna get you out of there." And then when it shoved, shoved the door right back closed, I was like, "That was that was good right there. That was a good scene." And and then I feel like this is the only part of the movie that's kind of. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was gonna say, Nate, like when they uh, when they jumped out the 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 job building, Robbie called a Uber, right? Yes, and said that thing was six minutes away. They done had a shootout. They done jumped. They done had fights. And they did all that. And then, like, literally, maybe 20 seconds after they landed uh, on the ground, landed on the uh, the, 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 the blow-up gorilla doll that yep. they had outside the company building, the Uber pulled up. They, they The CIA just started shooting at the car. The Uber dude did the small move, left the car, and then they jetted. <laughs> they did all that in six minutes. I've never gotten an Uber that fast. Never. Never. <laughs> it must be that Uber XL. Yeah, that's what it is. That's that CIA agent Uber. <laughs> uh, so then Bob convinces Calvin to help him. And so they go back to find, oh, I was going to say, this is the only part of the movie that, that kind of feels convenient for the plot is that because of Calvin's role as an accountant, he's the only one that can crack this CIA code that can prove uh, what really went down. Mm-hmm. And so to facilitate that, they figure that there's one person that can help them out who can track these offshore accounts. And that's Trevor Olson. So they go to the bully's office. And again, Jason Bateman doesn't have a whole lot to do in this movie. Like this is the first time we see him uh, as adult Trevor, but this scene kills me because he, brings the guys into his office and there's tension there. And again, this is a nice little bit of acting from the rock as uh, Bob stone as, as Robbie, where even though he's all big and buff, he kind of shrinks himself down because he's right. in the presence of this bully from high school. And so Trevor's like, Hey guys, you know, I know I, I was an asshole when I was a kid and, you know, I wasn't nice to you, uh, Robbie, but uh, you know, I found the Lord. And he he gives this real dramatic emotional oh, speech just I, I to laugh. Him. Yo, 
the first time I watched it, I actually I actually believed him too, Andrew. But then seconds later, he just starts laughing. He's like, and the Oscar goes to Trevor and, and just shows that he's the same bully that he always was. It's crazy because I, I don't know if you was thinking the same thing, Nate. Like, I, I was like, Robbie could have smashed him right there if he wanted yep. to. Like, he could hear the wolf. He could have wolfed on him. But I, I think it was just a good dynamic there that, like, it, it, it showed early in the film when they were in the bar. Robbie doesn't want to initiate that contact. And maybe yeah. it's just because he knows what he can do. Or maybe it's just because he just isn't, you know, that guy unless he needs to be that guy. Well, and- I think it's that, but it's also like, even though he could definitely like destroy Trevor with, with, with one punch, mm. and we see it at the end of the movie, at this point in the film, I feel like Bob Stone is still stuck in that mindset of Robbie, the, the, the naked kid that got thrown into the gym. Yeah. And like, so he- even though he could beat Trevor physically, mentally, he's not in that spot right now. That, that, that's, that's a good point like he, I'm, I'm sure you even saw when uh like when he kind of looked over into the mirror he saw the, the mm-hmm. fat fat Robbie and like I, I think that was like I was like oh you know it was it was like one of those cause like I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to like wrap my head around how they made me feel sympathy for the rock like this dude is like a massive human being <laughs> yes and like, like he could have we could have whooped Trevor if he wanted to but like yeah J- Jason Bateman he bodied this 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 part right here. Yeah, like like, like you said, like it was just he has this scene, and then he's got a scene at the very end of the movie, and mm-hmm. like he was he didn't have a lot of screen time, but he was like the perfect person because not only did you need somebody that could be like the jerk Andrew, but you mm-hmm. needed somebody that you could believe when he was being all sincere. Like you know, I found the Lord, and I'm I'm not that same guy I was in high school, guys. Like you needed somebody that you could believe that off of. Right. Like now, because I, I I genuinely believe him. Like I had seen this movie in a while, and then when I saw it, I was like, well, maybe he really is about to apologize, and like he about to figure, like it, like help them, you know, continue with what they was doing, and then he just flipped the switch, just like that. I was like, yes. that's, that's 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 some great acting right there. But yep. at the end of the day, he did still help him get the um. Yeah, he the, did the, give the him the codes, but yeah, he had yeah. to. He wanted to laugh at him first. <laughs> and then at the end of the scene, we get like this great little bit from uh, Kevin Hart and Jason Bateman where. Kevin Hart's trying to open the door, and then Jason Bateman's like, you know, you you push it, dummy, not pull. And so then Kevin Hart just smears his fingerprints all over the glass. And, he, and then he called his assistant over there to come. Uh, he says like he's going to get him arrested and stuff like that. that was <laughs> yeah, so that was like literally a five-minute scene, but it, it was one of the standout scenes for me of the movie. Uh, but then we get back to Calvin and Bob, where they got the uh, coordinates, they got the account. And so they're tracking this down, and this kind of brings us into the more action-y part. Like, this is where it becomes like an action movie for the next 20, 30 minutes, Andrew, yeah. uh, where they're trying to figure out what happened, and we get flashbacks to uh, Bob Stone's former partner dying, allegedly, question mark. Uh, so well, what did you think about, like, this section of the movie where uh, we get all the CIA espionage stuff? So I, I thought this was when the movie started to get fast-paced. And you, you, you can always kind of tell when a movie is nearing its end like when you start hitting that 40 like 40 minutes left to go 50 mm-hmm. minutes left to go that's when the action starts picking up and stuff like within this type of genre of movies but like I, I really enjoyed the second half of this film like i felt like the the first half was like that comedy release slash sympathy slash a hey, let's get to know these people on a personal level and then we're going to get you super invested if they get hurt you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying I, I think that was just a good layout for the film yeah, and so like in over the course of this, we also get like some uh, character stuff where they're flying to the rendezvous point, and Calvin admits that 
you know, or, or Bob gets Calvin to admit that he actually wants to have kids with Maggie because he fakes the plane crashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we get that development from Calvin. Um, I was I was gonna mention uh it, it was one scene when they um yeah when, when they caught Robbie they took him to the CIA little stash headquarters and they yes. had that because Calvin um Calvin snitched on him and uh well he yeah because they they were threatening to uh what were they threatening to to arrest Maggie publicly arrest yep. her yep. if he if he didn't comply so yeah they they uh Calvin went and snitched on Robbie and then um yeah he he, he felt he felt bad about it they took him in. And then Calvin did the uh the thing that I would have not done, and he went and broke it. <laughs> when it broke, when it broke that man out, and then it was one funny scene. Uh, you talking about with the banana? That 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 one too. That that was funny too. <laughs> but it was one when they were in the hallway and they were kind of maneuvering their way through the other uh, CIA agents that had mm-hmm. weapons on them, and Calvin was fighting one of them. And he he gave the dude the throat thrust that Lord Jusha Thunder Liger Shote that that uh, that that that, that uh, Robbie did earlier in the scene and Calvin when Calvin did that he was like I can't believe I just did that he was like because he he took the dude out for real like he could the dude yep. could breathe and then he looked at him he was like I, I just did what you did and then he was all amped up he was like let's go you follow my lead and then he came to realize it he was like hold up hold up no 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 you go first <laughs> yeah that was a good little, <laughs> a good little bit right there <laughs> um. So yeah, so then we we get through that. We get the scene in the airplane where uh, Calvin admits that he actually does want to have kids with Maggie. We get to the rendezvous point, and it turns out Andrew that the Rock's old partner Phil is still alive. I I, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it, Nate. <laughs> I was I, I was I was very very very. Well, I, I was confused in a good way. I was like. Like I, I didn't know. Like I, I like I didn't remember. The, I, I'm glad I didn't remember like the specifics of this film. Yeah. I still I still went in like fairly new, so I was kind of I was wondering like, so was the story uh, of his partner's death presented in a way so they could reunite and take out the bad guys, or is he against Robbie? Like it was kind of like a like I wonder what's gonna happen next. Mm. Like like I remember right before that, like we going back to the plane scene real quick. He was like. He, he he said uh, that Calvin was struggling, meaning in the sense I, I'm assuming he meant to have kids. I'm guessing that's what he meant. And then, and then Calvin was like, "You know what I'm struggling with? Not whooping your ass. That's what I'm struggling with." And then he was like, "Yeah, that's real funny, Jet. You look cute when you cry." That was hilarious, bro. <laughs> I was like, "Not not taking this man seriously at all." But yeah, uh, Phil being alive that that shocked me because I was like, "So is he about to help Robbie, or is he about to turn on Robbie, or like what's going on?" Like I I, I genuinely couldn't tell. Who was the bad guy? Because I'm, I'm sure you gonna get into it, Nate. Because he he shot Calvin. Yeah, and I think the the thing that got me was like not only did we have these flashbacks through the whole movie about how Phil allegedly died, mm-hmm. but then it turns out, uh, we'll find out here in a second that Phil actually staged this, mm. uh, you know, to to, to trick uh, Bob and. It like it feels like he tricked Bob for no other reason, like not to be the bad guy, not to get money. He tricked Bob because he was an, an annoying partner. Yeah, and it, it was, <laughs> and it was crazy because we got so many different versions of that story. Like I remember yeah. the first one. What, what was the first one? It was like Phil was kind of like I guess like they, they were like real close, like partner ass, mm-hmm. like. Hey man, see you on the other side, like for sure. Oh, I can't get out of the elevator, yada yada yada. Yeah, and like it was like like that action movie trope, or like your your best friend, your partner. He's like, save yourself, brother. Right, right. And then and then the second one, I think it was, it, it was something more along the lines of Robbie being the evil one, like set him up. 
Yeah. And that, that's how it started. And then the third one was, well, of course, we saw the truth. And he was just hella annoyed with him and just wanted to get away from him. <laughs> and he, and then he, you know, we later found out he was like, I, I got tired of you talking about how cool uh, Calvin Joyner is and yes. stuff like that. So it was like, it's, obviously, he really was annoying Phil. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, we do get this part where Bob shoots Calvin, but it's not for the reasons that we think. Like, we, they're trying to make us think that Bob is, is going through this heel turn, but it turns I was, out. I, I was hurt, Nate. I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt. Uh, but it turns out he actually shot Calvin to keep him safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then we, we, we have another big action scene, and it, it culminates, Andrew. It ends up with our two heroes. It ends up with Calvin and Bob on a bridge with Phil for our right. final confrontation. What, what did you think of this main event matchup that we done booked here? Man, Nate, when, <laughs> when, when I saw this scene right here, I was like, hey, you know, trust your people. Trust your people. <laughs> trust your people. Cause he, cause he, cause when he shot Robbie first, I was like, bro, what are you doing? What are yeah. you doing? Like, you, you gonna shoot Robbie first? Like, I mean, I, I, I get, I get what you mean. Like, yeah, Robbie just shot you in your neck. So I mean, you know, hey, you know, that's, I, I'm guessing that was his receipt, like for shooting him in his neck. <laughs> like, I, I was like, you, you gonna shoot Robbie first, and you gonna trust this dude? Like, come on now, man, come on now. But like, I, I like, it, it was crazy because for like maybe a minute, or not, not even a minute, but like from that, from that point when Robbie shot Calvin. Yeah. I thought that Robbie was the guy that, that was the, um, what, what was the name they were calling the black him? Badger. The, the black badger. That's who I thought Robbie was. I thought Robbie was the black badger. And even when he saved Calvin from the dude who tried to run him over and Calvin ran away from him, I was like, don't trust him, bro. No, yeah. when they was on, and we, when they was on the bridge, I was like, I was like, maybe Phil is the, the, the right dude. But then when he shot Robbie, Phil started talking to him in a certain cadence, and I was like, "Nah, no, no, yeah. no, no, no." So it is right there. So yeah, I, they, they they had they had me going on Robbie for like a good ten minutes, Nate. Yeah, this this is good booking here in, the, in, the, in at the end of the, the film because, uh, like you said, Calvin shoots uh, Bob, and then we get like the villain the villain monologue promo from mm-hmm. uh, Phil, and then all of a sudden we get the finishing move, the golden jet flip. Which at the beginning of the movie, we see high school Calvin. Like, not only is he this great, I think, football player, maybe basketball player, maybe both. But he does, like, this great backflip, and everybody is so excited. And we cut back to the current time, and they're on this bridge. And Bob is down, and he's like, golden jet flip. And Calvin's, Calvin's like, no, I'm not, not going to do the golden jet flip right now but then he he convinces him to do it he does the golden jet flip andrew and instead of nailing that perfect backflip he falls flat on his face which gives bob all the distraction he needs because phil is like why did this dude just fall on his face and he shoots uh now he, he doesn't shoot he rips the throat andrew ripped his trachea out ripped the trachea out of phil's neck what what did that, you think of the way that that conflict resolved that was disgusting <laughs> with, 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 with this, this trachea out, like it, it was like I, I like the little interaction that Phil and uh Calvin had because mm. when he when he tried to do the flip, which which ended up being a moonsault, he turned he turned around, landed flat on his stomach, and then Phil Phil, Phil just like he 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 lost all the bass in his voice, and he was just like like what the hell did you do that for? And he was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, Phil is dead. They give the codes back to the CIA agent. And then, so Bob's name is cleared and they're like, you know, can we drop you off anywhere? And of course, Andrew, of course, this being a movie based on a script, the place they want to get dropped off to is the high school reunion. Right on time too. Right, right on, on time. time. Right on time too. I'm telling you per- perfect booking right there. Yes. Uh, so we get back to the high school reunion. Calvin and Maggie have a great moment uh, where they kind of reconcile. And, and, you know, Calvin is like, you know, he, he wants to start a family. And surprise, the homecoming king is revealed as Robbie Whittick. Also, yeah. And, and also, uh, Calvin got himself, uh, got an officer from a CIA, CIA job. They told yep. him if he, if he ever wanted a gig, hit him up. And I was like, there you go. Yep. There you go. So you stuck, uh, you stuck with Robbie forever. And so we find out, Andrew, that Calvin actually hacked into the voting system yes, to rig did. the election for homecoming king, for 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 the reunion king, and uh, much you know, in in the way that some people uh, think the elections can't be trusted. <laughs> hashtag you know, stop the steal at this high school, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> Bob Stone is our homecoming king, our prom king, our reunion king by nefarious means. There we go. By nefarious means, he he, he had his friend uh, get, give, give him a great moment right there. Then, of course, uh, before he went up to the stage, uh, well, like, uh, well, when he was on the stage, he he, he came face to face with one Jason Bateman who had some choice words for him, Nate. Yeah, Trevor still was like trying to bully and intimidate uh, Robbie, but you know what, Andrew? I feel like this is the moment because the whole movie we were talking about the difference between Bob Stone and Robbie Whittick. I feel like this moment that we get right here is where both sides of his personality come together. Because slept him. He he takes this man out. Like as Kevin Hart would say, "You ever go night night?" Because. <laughs> One punch is all it takes. All those years, 20 years of frustration and the humiliation that this man, Trevor's put Robert Weirdick through, it's over because uh, he knocks your man out. One punch, clean, smooth out, and he goes on stage to accept the award, and he just, to bring the movie full circle, Andrew. It's only right. It's only it's right. Only right. <laughs> he take off all his clothes, get butt naked in the middle of the high school gym, and start singing in Vogue. And of course, everybody is just so accepting of this. Yes, of course. Like, again, like I don't, I don't, I don't know how this high school works, but if, I feel like at least one person will be like, um, "This, this really what we doing, Robbie?" Man, security would have got that man about it immediately, like immediately. Like, like dog, this a family, it's a, a family, family function. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, I, I, right out that he tried to get Robbie a hug in front of his wife. Yes, and, uh, in front of Maggie. But like one of the funny, uh, one of the funny uh, other funny moments of this scene was when, uh, was when when they well, after he knocked Trevor out, uh, Calvin and Maggie they they started talking trash to Trevor while he was he, that man yep. was gone, he was gone, he was done. Yep. And then of course, uh, fast forwarding a little bit, he uh, he, uh, Robbie after he accepted his speech, um, he he looked over to the corner, and it was the glass right there, and it was just regular him. Yep. So that was, it wasn't fat fat. Uh, fat bob stone no more i was like that's a cool way to wrap up the film like and it was like it, it was just a full circle like yeah. it, it, it the man had to be i guess you know he had to be free balling in the gym 
to 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 to, to bring the full to bring the story full circle, but it it, it got to it how it needed to. And then of course he ran into his old uh high school sweetheart, what they call it, yeah. mucky yucky or something like that. Well, here's the thing, like, and again, like I love that moment, like you said, where he looks over and it's just his actual reflection because again, it shows that both sides of his personality have come together. Right. Like Robbie and Bob, they 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 in one person now. But like you said, he looks over and and who does he see? Who did he lay eyes on, Andrew? <laughs> but the girl he had a crush on in high school, Dolla McGuckian. There we go. Played by Melissa McCarthy. That was, it was quite the and she had uh two lazy eyes. I I I, I, I couldn't tell I couldn't tell what when, when she had the glasses on, but she took the things off. Yo. Where I, I was cocked like a pistol. I was like <laughs> I was like, I was like, things was trying to sync up, man. I was like, what the hell is going on over yeah. here? But hey, but she, she, she was still in the Robbie. Robbie was still in her. I was like, well, that's, hey, that's the thing, thing, though. Like, I feel like she didn't need them glasses one way or another to see that this was a whole new man standing in front of her, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> them glasses ain't helped one bit. All she had to do was reach out and touch and feel that man. Like this, this a whole different Robbie Whittick right here. It was crazy because Robbie was looking at that, looking at that woman like it was like and nothing like it, it was just like old days, like old yep. days. And she 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 probably viewed him the same way, like it's just old days. Like she was she like I remember when she was complimenting him, she wasn't even focusing on any of the physical stuff. She was just like got the same smile. He's like your mm-hmm. hair is different, but I like your hair, like because he ain't had no hair. And then I was like that, that, that's a cool thing because I was like they they wasn't even paying attention to any like I guess of the. The, the physical stuff that people pay attention to. They were just like, yeah. you, you you just look the same and I'm happy you kind of look the same, you got the same face. So that, I was like, that was kind of funny. So yeah, that, yeah. That, was a, that was a good little way to bring them bring them back together. Cause that this was the only time we saw Martha outside Mar- Marla outside of uh, outside of the, the 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 scene when she was a kid, right? Yeah. Like and we didn't even really get a whole lot of her when she was a kid. Right. Like uh and, and so like I feel like you know, they like they brought things full circle. Like they got Fat Robbie and, and Yucky McGucky in. They they got them together. And it's, again, like I think the cool thing about the way that The Rock plays this role is he's certainly got like all the physical attributes, Andrew. But at the end of the day, like he's he's Bob Stone on the outside, but on the inside, he's still Robbie Weirdy. Man, that's a perfect way to sum it up. I don't think I can add on to that. No, you, you just hit it. Uh, so then we get we get like a little post credit scene where. I guess we flash forward maybe a few months. Uh, they don't really give us a time frame, but uh, Maggie is pregnant with uh, Calvin's kid, and Calvin has officially joined the CIA. He took up the uh, CIA director on, on her offer, uh, and Bob is coming to pick Calvin up for their first job, for, first day at the job, uh, for Calvin's first day at the job, and he's got a present for his buddy Calvin, the Golden Jet. And what is that present, Andrew Thompson? He had a he had a, uh, his Letterman jacket, the 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 one that Calvin gave him the mm. night when he got thrown when Robbie got thrown into the gym, uh, free balling, and uh, yeah, that, that, that was a like that that you you want to know something? They they had a lot of moments in this movie where things got tied up, they tied up loose ends. Like I think that was like a real cool thing, like to leave anything unturned. Like they had a lot of things that they opened at the beginning that they really tied up towards the end. Like we mentioned, like seven of them already yeah. like even with the maggie story the trevor story uh, i mean the marla story the the trevor story and of course the letterman jacket the starter jacket like it, i was like they, they they did a real good job of like not opening things and then not wrapping them up at the end 
like they they really they did a really good job of like tying up like literally every single loose end that they started in the beginning. Yeah, so like I thought that was a really cool way to kind of end things. So uh, Bob gives Calvin the, the Letterman's jacket back. Hopefully, he washed it in these last twenty years. He said he said I've been sleeping in it for the last twenty years. I was I was like, bro, when he said that, I was like, man, you really keep the jacket, bro. I, was like, I don't even want to know more. So he, like it, it was hilarious because he was like he was like yeah I've been sleeping on it I've been sleeping in it for like the past however many years and Calvin looked at it he was like hold on hold on what <laughs> he was like yeah hopefully it's clean yeah and I, I like I like how we end the movie Andrew where like they're definitely friends like you can tell that these two are friends and they and they they coworkers but they're still kind of like even though the rock on the outside is like this muscle bound like giant. Right. He's still kind of this weird dude on the inside and Calvin's like Calvin's not the golden jet anymore, but he's still like the cooler one of the two. And Calvin also is too scared to tell Robbie that he doesn't want to be friends. So he ain't going to never tell him that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They got like this weird friendship that I think works. And honestly, like there's no reports of uh, a sequel being made, but it wouldn't shock me if if they team back up for another another run at this, because I do think it was an interesting concept. Yeah, it definitely was like, and, and and then of course I'm pretty sure you've seen it on social media, like throughout the both of their social media, like the Rock and Kevin Hart, like they're like very good friends, yeah, like very good friends. Like I, I remember, um, after Kevin Hart had his car accident, the the one that was real bad, like I guess he had like back problems coming out of it. Like he said that the Rock like was constantly in contact, you know what I'm saying, reaching out to him, making sure he was all good, and you know what I'm saying, like you can just tell they're like genuinely friends. So yeah. like, well, you gotta think like after this, like this movie, which they actually won the Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Award for the for the favorite BFFs. Mm-hmm. Uh, after this movie, which kind of started this partnership, they go on to do two Jumanji films. They go on to do Hobbs and Shaw, which Kevin Hart shows up in, and you would assume that they're going to be in Hobbs and Shaw 2 together. Right. Yeah, so they, 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 they're obviously, you know, friends and, and they, they, they like, I, even like talking about the Jumanji films, like they, they play like real well in that you know, in in their respective roles as well, and even though The Rock was wasn't the super comedy character, he was just more so of the serious like general of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and Kevin Hart was kind of like the tweener. Like sometimes he was serious and sometimes, but it was mostly the comedy stuff. Like I like I, I feel like their dynamic is really good, but I feel like this performance in Central Intelligence is like the most mm. impressive because you you would expect it would be the other way around, but like they did a really good job of trying to present the rock as the the underdog baby face of the film and may, may, maybe that's just the rock's wrestling background that just helped them ease into this because like i'm pretty sure there's been times where he throughout his career when he's had to play the role of a baby face against a guy who is uh le- less imposing than he mm-hmm. is and he's probably just picked that up like it was nothing so yeah man the rock is uh one of the greatest of all time wrestling acting the dude is legit yeah, like I think that that opening scene goes a long way to establishing the relationships in the movie. Because again, like all credit to The Rock and his uh, facial acting in, in in that in that scene, but also again, like uh, Sione with the physical, like the actual body double that they used in that scene. Like you feel you feel bad for Robbie. Like mm-hmm. this man was just trying to sing some in vogue in the shower, Andrew. He's just trying to get, get a shower on the school, bro. Like, you know, the crazy part, like now that I'm thinking about this and maybe I'm going too deep into this, but you think about when he was doing this, when he was singing in the shower. It's in the middle of this big school function where presumably everybody is in the in the gym right. 
celebrating the Golden Jet. So that's like the only time Robbie would actually be free to be alone and be safe in this space. And so it's like, yeah, and be himself. And so it's like, yeah, you feel bad that uh, Trevin and and them boys do do, uh, Robbie like that. Yeah, that's a good catch that you mentioned. Like, that's not, I don't even think you're diving uh, deep into it. I think that's just like accurate. Like, he, he didn't feel comfortable being around anybody else. Like, I, and, and do you think it could have, you think the film could have benefited from like a maybe like a extra seven more minutes of showing Robbie's uh, other experiences in the high school? Or do you think that one specific one kind of really just summed it up and then like it just, like that, that just put, put everything together instead of you having to, you know, show little experiences of him in classrooms and stuff like that? Mm. I think that one, like it worked for the purposes of the movie, but like personally, I would have liked another scene, like maybe another flashback later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. with uh robbie and 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 like just showing like the the ways that calvin impacted yeah. robbie yeah. without even knowing right because it could have been right. something very very small for calvin like maybe sitting and winning at lunch sitting with him at lunch right like something just small like that but for robbie like that meant the whole world like i think another scene like that would have been really cool but the one that we got i think worked for for what it was yeah like and you, you can even like relate that to like kind of real life. You just you know you be nice to people and you never know how much it can impact them. You you even doing something like telling somebody thank you or something like along those lines can, yeah. can like go a long way for people. You you just never know. You never know who gonna become a secret agent. Right, there you go. In the next twenty years, they they might need your help. <laughs> you never know who might be the next Dwayne Johnson. You never know. Um. Uh, so Andrew, it is time to give out these grades here. And for those that are new to the show, on the Rocky My Via Picture Show, we have a five-point rating scale. If a movie is five out of five, if a movie's great, if a movie's perfect, we just went one-on-one with a great one. If a movie is pretty good, if it's solid, if it does what it needs to do, and The Rock is good in that movie, that's a four out of five, Andrew. That's a people's chance. If a movie is just okay, like it's not bad, it's not great but it's you know it's a solid movie and the, and the rock is pretty good in it that's a three out of five that's a know your role now if a movie is a a bit messy if it, if it doesn't quite work but the rock is still good or if a movie is is pretty decent but the rock just doesn't get a lot to do that's a two out of five that's a jabroni joint hmm. but andrew if a movie is terrible if a movie has no redeeming qualities if a movie is doom that's a one out of five that's a straight up rock bottom. So Andrew, on a scale of one to five, what would you give 2016's Central Intelligence? I'm going to go 3.9. Mm. I'm going to go 3.9. <laughs> you just being stingy with that with that point one. You, you know what? Let, let, let's let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and give him the four, man. I'm, 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 I'm not gonna be super petty. I'm not gonna be super petty. I'm gonna give him the four point. I'm giving, them, I'm giving them the four stars, man. The four out of five. There we go. Mm. And you're going with a four out of five people. Sam, I agree. Like, at first, I was thinking of three, but then I'm like, the more we talked about the movie, Andrew, like, I feel like this movie is, yeah, it's kind of just like a buddy comedy. Like, it's it's not something brand new that we haven't seen before. But I think the little things that they do with this movie, like making you feel sympathy for Robbie and the relationship between Calvin and, and Bob, uh, you know, Kevin Hart with his little funny lines here and there. Uh, Jason Bateman with that one scene. Like, I think there's there's enough that makes this better than kind of your typical movie. 
Uh, like, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's not the best rock movie I've ever seen. But it's something that if it comes on cable, like, like say I'm watching Dynamite and right after J- JR signs off, Central Intelligence comes on, I'm not changing the channel, Andrew. Right. You see, you saying right on. And then, we'll, uh, of course, uh, on the day that we're recording this, which is uh, <laughs> February 17th, we got uh, two airings of Central Intelligence on TNT and probably way more after that. <laughs> I'm saying, like, Central Intelligence is not going anywhere. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a staple. Like, I feel like it's one of those movies that anybody can get into, going back to what you said off the top. Like, it's good for kids. It's good for adults. Uh, you know, black, white, whatever. Like, I think your audience for this movie is is, is wide and diverse. And it, it kind of works on a lot of different levels for a lot of different people. Yeah, man, that just goes to show you, like we said a couple times uh, doing this review, like it just goes to show you like the, the star power of that that man, Dwayne Rock Johnson. Yep. So uh, shout out to Dwayne and Kevin for, for this central intelligence. Andrew and I both gave it a four out of five, a people's champ. Uh, but before we get to other things on the agenda, let's talk about what we got going on next time, because uh, Andrew... Won't be in the theater with us next time, but but we'll have another great guest for another big movie. Like, I feel like we're in the middle of this role, Andrew, starting with Fast and Furious 5 up through now, like where The Rock just is not missing, right? Like, The Rock is firing on all cylinders. So next time in the theaters, we're going to review 2016's Moana. For generations. This peaceful island has been home to our family. But beyond our reef, a great danger is coming. Legend tells of a hero who will journey to find the demigod Maui. And together, they will save us all. of the wind and sea i am hero of men what it's actually maui shapeshifter demigod of the wind and sea hero of men i interrupted from the top hero of men go i'm not going on a mission with some little girl this is my canoe and you will journey to different did not see that coming the ocean is a friend of mine First, we've got to go through a whole ocean of bad. Kakamora. Kaka what? They're kind of cute. Moana! I got your back. It's Maui time! Really? Blow dart in my butt cheek. We're going to the realm of monsters? Don't worry. It's a lot farther down than it looks. Ah! Ah! 
Yeah, and then you, you gotta uh got gotta talk about that video that The Rock has on his Instagram, I think, of when he was uh singing one of the Moana songs mm. to his to his actual daughter and yep. she just she she couldn't believe that it was like she no, I mean like she genuinely didn't believe it was him, like she was just like ignoring it. Yeah, it that's not you, that's Maui. <laughs> it was hilarious, bro. Like I I I I think if I was the rock, I'd be like a little bit sick, I'd have been like, because that's me. Like you not excited? Like I was like that's that's me right there. She was just like completely ignoring this man. Like hey, hey, be, be quiet, old man. Like I'm trying to listen to Maui. Like what? Right. <laughs> yeah, but she, yeah, Moana's going. That's I feel like that's going to be a review that that a lot of people are going to be looking forward to because uh that that was a movie that took the Rock in a different direction with his career mm-hmm. uh, and opened him up to a lot of opportunities. So we'll be talking about that next time. But before we get out of here, Andrew Thompson. Uh, can you let the people know what you got going on, man? Uh, not only here on post, but also with your YouTube channel. Let the people know what's going on in the world of my nephew, Andrew Thompson. They can, uh, everybody can, you know, check me out on the Andrew Thompson interview YouTube channel. I just put up an interview with Shane Taylor and I'll have a, it'll probably be a new one up by the time, by the time that you guys hear this, hopefully. And, uh, you can check me out on Twitter at ad thompson underscore underscore as waiting likes to, uh, likes to make fun of my two underscores. I don't know why, but that's his thing. You know what? Mr. Way. So, uh, yeah, man, you can also check out my written work over at the post wrestling site where I do all things, uh, writing about the world of pro wrestling, keeping the, keeping the site up to date when I can. And uh, yeah, man, you can, uh, yeah, again, on the, on the Twitter front, I try to tweet when I can. Sometimes I just don't and I just retweet my work. So yeah, you can still follow me still. There you go. That's what that's what Andrew's got going on, and yeah, man, I'm 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 glad that you decided to to roll through this week, man. Uh, you know, again, like we get into some big movies here on the Rocky My Via Picture Show. But speaking of that, you know, people people talk to me all the time during during the week. Andrew hit me up on social, and like you know, Nate, we love Rocky My Via Picture Show, but have you ever thought about doing a show with other wrestlers? And and you know, I can't I can't lie, Andrew, I thought about you know maybe doing Cena Cinema. When, when this is when this is all over, I thought about maybe doing Batista box office when this is all over, Andrew. But as, as long as long as you don't start doing Triple H movies, we good. No, uh, no, nah, nah, I don't think we. I don't think we're gonna be doing Triple H movies. And I know <laughs> uh, there's another person because people are like Nate. Would you ever think about doing Balea blockbusters? And I'm like, no, no. never no. gonna get it. Never gonna <laughs> get it. Never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Woo 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 woo. <laughs> Terry, but as, as long like I don't think Terry would would do well uh, on on the site. I don't think Terry Terry's uh, he 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 may be getting invited back to WWE on a frequent basis, but he would not be getting invited uh, to, uh, to post wrestling. <laughs> Nah, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see, I don't, that, I don't see that happening, man. But like, I know you mentioned the uh, Cena cinema. I think I think that's a good idea. Like, it was funny because I was just like, it just came to my head. I was listening to an interview with, um, that Brian Gewertz, uh the mm. former longtime WWE writer, was doing, and he talked about the when him and Cena watched the Marine for the first time together. Like, it was Cena's first time seeing it, and they watched it at the uh, WWE headquarters. And he was like, when the scene when the movie was over, John looked at him. And then just said, "Let's go get a drink," and then they left. So and then basically saying that Cena didn't like the film at all because I that I, from what I remember from that film, that film was hella dramatic, and I'm pretty yeah. sure like just the way it was shot. I know Cena was probably like, "Ah, eh, you know, whatever." So it's like, yeah, man. Uh, but I I, th- I think Cena cinema might be a good one, and you can kind of mix that in with uh with, with one Dave Batista that mm-hmm. that young man over there from the uh from the DMV area. 
Yeah, so we I'm just throwing those out there for things that could happen in the future and and, and also staking staking my claim. So if anybody try to do a Cena show or Batista show, you gotta come through me first. You know, that's that's how that's how you gotta work this game, Andrew. I gotta hit up uh hit up that man Conrad Thompson the trade market. <laughs> right. Mean, tra- tra- trademark on that. Um uh, but uh also, Andrew, if anybody wants to check out what else I'm doing out here on these podcast streets, they can follow me at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Check out the Kings of Sport podcast with myself and Marcus Vandenberg. We have a Patreon, which Andrew has been on before, uh, part of the Nubian Wrestling Advocates on the Kings of Sport Patreon, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Uh, $5 gets you in the door, but, uh, you know, if you want to pay more, I'm not going to stop you. It's a free country. Go mm-hmm. ahead, go ahead and throw, throw me some of them stimulus dollars. You that y'all, y'all got popping off in here. Are those, are those tax return dollars that y'all mm-hmm. might have popping off here, uh, for the Patreon. Uh, you can also check out, uh, me on the main event, which is over at Place to Be Nation. Uh, also the Black Lightning podcast, which is a part of the DC TV podcast network. Black Lightning just, came back for his fourth and final season. So we talking about all these uh, episodes uh, going on with Black Lightning and the Pierce family on the CW. Uh, I'm trying to think anything else I want to promote for the people. Uh, basically, yeah, just follow me on Twitter and you'll get links to all the stuff I'm involved with at Nate Mosaic in the number eight M-O-Z-A-I-K. Want to send a shout out to uh, Austin James and Robert Pearson uh, for their imaging for the show. I want to send a shout out to Braden Harrington, your, your good man Braden over there. Yeah, shout, shout out to Braden, man, over there with the the Up Next crew. Yeah, who, who, who always cheating me out of their games, but you know what? It's all good. <laughs> want to send a shout out to Braden for the theme song, and of course, want to send a shout out to John Pollock and Wade Tain, the proprietors of Post Wrestling. Uh, that's gonna do it for our time here in the theater. Uh, so shout out to everybody for joining us for the Central Intelligence Review. We'll be back next month with the review of. 2016's Moana, that, that 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 big Disney film. So, like right now, if you want to start getting ready, hit up that Disney Plus and watch Moana, and you'll be ready next month. There you go. So, uh, I'm gonna let Andrew go. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to your nephew, the youngest in charge, uh, yeah. uh, the, the the president of the Jorge Blanco fan club. It's always good sitting down with you, brother. Man, I appreciate you having me on. Always a, a honor to be on the, the Rocky Might Be a Picture Show. And hopefully I'll be on the uh, Cena Cinema Picture Show one day. <laughs> Cena Cinema, Batista Box Office, we got it all on lock. We got it, we got uh, it on lock, man. We, we trademarking that, so don't even try it. The, 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 <laughs> real, the real death row will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, y'all can have the Hogan, you know, the, the Balea Box Office. Y'all can have that with Balea Blockbusters. <laughs> but no, nah, the other two, we got those on lock. Uh but yeah, that's gonna do it. I want to thank everybody for for joining us this week. But yeah, that's gonna do it. I want to thank everybody for joining us this month. We'll be back next time for that Moana review. And uh, yeah, shout out to Andrew Thompson for stopping by. Shout out to Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart for dropping this central intelligence on us. And I will be back next time for an all new episode of the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. So remember. Nubian eyes are watching. We'll see y'all next time.
turn your ass on out of here. <laughs>